Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now through the neutral zone comes Connor McDavid. Double team, got it back. Great shot, score. What a beautiful the five. Hey Edmonton, that's your quarterback, Mike Riley to the end zone. Touchdown Eskimo. Ladies and gentlemen, Dagger. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chet. The Eskimos retain one of your favorites, J.C. Sherrick signing on for two more years. However, more. Now, ex-Eskimos headed to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You'll hear from J.C. Sherrod a little bit later on. We'll talk CFL free agency. You'll hear from general manager Ed Hervey as well. The Edmonton Oilers. This time they keep the goals against down, but they cannot score. And you know what? That is not an isolated problem for this team. We will talk about that. You can check out my blog on 630ched.com. Your discussion, welcome to 780-496-0063. You can text us to 630-630. Dion Phaneuf making his debut for the Senators tonight. The Sens trail Detroit one nothing. That is early in the second period. We'll keep you updated on the NHL scoreboard. The Toronto Raptors try to keep their hot streak alive. They have won 14 of their last 15. Welcome to Inside Sports. Great to have you along for the ride. It is 6.08. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for checking in tonight. You're also going to hear from Joe Bowen this evening. He is the play-by-play voice for the Toronto Maple Leafs. The two worst teams in the NHL meet at Rexall Place tomorrow night. The 29th overall Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the 30th overall Edmonton Oilers. Yes, that is the uh, best I can come up for now, to make you excited for that game. 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30. Ched, the puck will drop at 7. They met earlier in the season, and that was a bad night for the Oilers at the end of November as they lost 3-0. After that, the Oilers actually went on a uh, six-game winning streak, obviously still their longest of the year. The Oilers at 21-29-5 are eight games under 500. That is the furthest they have been under 500 all season long. A couple times they've had been one win away from evening their record. They haven't been able to do it. Pat Steinberg will join us as well. Great to have him back on the show as uh, he's the Flames radio host. And uh, what a night for that team. They sit out three, I mean, two of their best players, three good players, and uh, they're still able to beat Toronto, a throat-slashing motion, Cadre to Giordano. What's going on with that? What are these uh, players who were benched last night saying about what happened? We'll get into all that with Pat. I also want to announce, after a lot of deliberation, I've made the very difficult decision that this Saturday I will not be competing in the NBA slam dunk competition. 
So last night against the New Jersey Devils, man, the Oilers did have some chances. Devils come up ice. Hall takes it away and now breaks free at center. He's in. A breakaway. Wrist shot. Denied. Corey Schneider. What a spectacular save with a right pad. Well, you'd certainly want Hall on a breakaway. You'd want McDavid, too. A steal at center ice by Adam Henry. He'll gain the line, pull up top of the left circle, give it back to Green, take it away, and Connor McDavid's going to have a breakaway. Right to left, McDavid in on Schneider. Wrist shot off the post. And the Oilers 0 for 2 on breakaways in the first seven and a half minutes. Well, the breakaways didn't go in. What about the odd man rushes? Out of the box comes Taylor Hall, three on two, Edmonton. Hall in over the line, top of the right circle. Dishes, whatever, what a save, Corey Schneider. A sprawling right pad denial, not once, but twice. Of Mark Letestu's spectacular work. So it's 1-1 in the third. You're killing a penalty. Josephson fans on a rolling puck with an open net. Huge break, right? Huge break you got to take advantage of. But later in the same penalty kill. Stempniak tugs it free to Moore. Boucher, one touch by Moore. Over to Stempniak, power play, running down. Here's a shot, score! Reed Boucher, right circle. And it's 2-1 Devils. And that would be the final. And a team that we're looking at in the Oilers that... That looked like a game that I was talking about earlier in the season. A, f a fine line between winning and losing, and they find a way to be on the wrong side of that line. You go 0-3 on your power plays. You don't generate much on them. You take penalties. You can't kill off all five. You allow two power play goals against. The grade-A scoring opportunities you can't cash in, and there was very little else around the New Jersey net. And I, I want to use that as the jumping off point for, for some of the talk tonight. I know Chris from Phoenix is waiting on the line. Chris, I'm going to get to you right away. we got open line, 780-496-0063. I just want to play this clip from Todd McClellan from after the game. Therein lies the problem. Like We're happy with, uh, with the effort and the response. Um, obviously, it was uh, much improved over uh, the past two games. Very competitive group that worked their butts off and gave themselves a chance to win but um, that part of the game is a given it should be a given on a nightly basis so um, that's the problem we have right now I'm glad the group responded but well and there you go and and this we talked about this on Monday when I had those clips from Pouliot and Hendricks saying that they weren't prepared they weren't ready to play and Todd McClellan says that again your effort should be a given and this gets back to, to the conversation we had last month about reliable players. Who on the Oilers are reliable players where you know what you're going to get night after night? It's not about being the best player. It's not about that player having a lot of skill necessarily. I mean, it can be. But whatever that guy gives, do you get it the large majority of the time? And I think you would put very few Oilers on that list. You know what? If they'd split the games on the weekend and worked hard, we're, we're probably not as upset about last night's game, but last night's game is just another little piece on the heap of not being good enough, not being able to generate offense, not getting to the net, not being able to forecheck, and that's what I want to talk about tonight for the most part. For, it's difficult, but forget about the defending, the way this team defends for a while, and ask yourself, how do they attack? And I have some pretty startling numbers about that in a couple minutes. But Chris from Phoenix is holding. Chris, thanks for staying with me there. What's on your mind tonight? 
Hey, not a problem. I, I, I hate to, to, to piss off the people of Edmonton, but uh, it was a great day tonight, today in Phoenix, about 80 degrees. So, um, And I want to apologize when I, before I get to my topic. This isn't a bashing of, uh, of the old boys club and, and, uh, and stuff, but everything that we see up until this point for, from the Oilers has been just the culmination of poor management, poor, a poor organization that we have had for probably the last 20 years. And it's just, it's unfortunate because we, for the first time ever since, since we've become a team, we finally have an actual general manager that has experience, right? We have never, ever had an actual general manager that has come to the Oilers with, with previous NHL experience. We've had Glenn Sather, but he didn't have previous NHL experience, right? This is the first time that we've actually had a, a coach that actually came to this team uh, willingly at the height of his coaching, like, whatever, his 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 coaching prowess, right? All the other coaches that we've had have either been retreads or career assistants or AHL coaches. Yes, we had Glenn Fader, but once again, he came through the organization. You know, he, he started as a coach here. Same thing with Muckler, same thing with Teddy Green, you know, all those guys. So this is the first year that we've actually started to actually run this team like, an, or, like a good organization. Unfortunately, up until this point, We've been the Oilers. Nobody has wanted to come to this team, No, let alone players. We have never had people that have actually wanted to come to this team. Do, you, do we actually believe that if, if the Oilers' owners were to, were to call somebody from Detroit and say, hey, you know, you guys have a scout. Can we talk to your scout? See if we can get your head scout to come. They're not going to come. They didn't want to come here. So we, we have to kind of be patient and eventually – you know, I'm saying that we will get to where we need to get to, but we're gonna. There's gonna be some changes that we're not gonna like. Sure. Go ahead. No, I didn't say anything. Oh, sorry. Shirelli's gonna make changes. We're, we're we might not like these changes, but from what I see, I'm I'm happy with where we're gonna start. We have we have McDavid, which is gonna be a good building block, and I know we've heard this building block, blah blah blah, whatever. But it's 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 better than what we've had. We're gonna have McDavid. We're gonna have Drysaitel. We have a great coaching staff. Eventually, we're going to get to where we need to get. We just need to kind of, kind of be a little patient. And I know it sucks, but you know it is what it is. And and uh, hopefully, better times are are, are to come. And uh, love the show, Reed. And uh, let's go, Oilers. All right, thank you for the call, Chris. Well, he mentioned Peter Shirelli, who is an experienced general manager. He he made some big moves in Boston. Um, I, I think he built the type of team that he he wants to build here, where certainly you recognize the value of skill, but there have to be some other qualities that go along with that, such as the reliability, such as the you know willingness to do sometimes painful things to score goals and, and prevent goals, though I want to focus on the scoring goals part of it tonight. I mean, I, I, I am now at the point where I, where, I will, where I hope Peter Shirelli has seen enough. Uh, I, I understood he probably needed to, for this to be an evaluation year in a lot of ways that he needed to see how players played under a good coach. And I, I think we have seen to varying degrees that, that Todd McClellan has helped some players. I realize the team's position in the standings is actually worse than where it ended up last year. Um, but I think we've seen, at the very least, flashes from a lot of players uh, about doing some of the things McClellan wanted. They're not doing all of them, and they're certainly not doing them all of the time. And we've seen other players get exposed and be left behind. 
And I think Justin Schultz is is example number one, and he's probably not going to be an Oiler a lot longer. Um, before we go to break here, I, I just want to read off just some numbers. You know, what do you always hear when uh, opposing coaches and players talk about the Oilers? Well, they're pretty dangerous. They're an offensive team. Uh, you know, they, they can kill you, so you got to be careful. You know what? That's all BS. The, the, despite all the lamentation that I hear from all of you about the Oilers' defense and needing another defenseman, and that is true, I'm, I'm not even sure if that's the biggest problem on the team. It might be tied for the biggest problem. But this team can't forecheck, and they have no net presence. The Oilers are currently 22nd when it comes to goals for per game. Here's where they finished the previous five years, going backwards from last year to Taylor Hall's rookie season. 26th, 25th, 18th, 28th, 28th in goals for. Four of the previous five seasons, they've been in the bottom six in terms of goals for. That's a lot more than just defensive problems. And we're talking about the same things hindering the team offensively over and over again. We'll get into that. Your feedback, welcome. 780-496-0063. You can text us at 630-630. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chat. can also tell you that the Oilers have called up goaltender Laurent Brassois from the farm team. Having a good season down there. 921 save percentage with three shutouts. He's 14, 8, and 3. Anders Nielsen sent down to the Bakersfield Condors. Your Action Furnace Oilers report. Action Furnace is home of the fixed right or it's free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. You can get a hold of me, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Jackie says the year the Oilers finished 18th in goals for was that the Kruger year? Yes, it was. It was the lockout shortened season. And what were they, third on the power play that season? So five on five still wouldn't have been that good. Uh, DW says, hey, Reed, isn't the team 7-11? and 11? With Connor McDavid, maybe he isn't as good as people think. And then DW did a great thing, dramatic uh, dramatic text pause of two minutes. Just kidding, not enough talent, not enough grit, not enough heart, still a ways to go. Dave says, I agree the Oilers pass the puck too much. They look for the perfect shot and end up losing the puck. They should be shooting right away and get some garbage goals. That is from Dave. Well, and that's and that's the one thing that, is is a little mind-boggling, is that Todd McClellan, from the first day of training camp, you probably remember me talking about it, shoot from a bad angle, shoot into the goalie's skates, get a rebound off the pads or his stick. Rob Brown's talked about the, the value of bad angle shots and the havoc that they can create. The, I remember specifically the Oilers took one bad angle shot yesterday and whip, and just whipped it into the crease. And I think it was a high rebound that went out into the slot, so you didn't get anything off it. But the coach has wanted them to commit to that mentality, and they haven't. Now, McClellan also brings up the point, you know, he likes to use the football comparisons. He says if a quarterback isn't throwing the ball to the end zone, is it because he's unwilling to or because there's no receivers there to go to? And I think sometimes the Oilers look up, and are ready to take a shot and then see that there's no traffic, so they hang on to it. And, and back and forth they go. Should that, should that shot be taken anyway? 
or should that shot be should that puck be held on to and you have to wait until a guy gets there and then he never gets there and then we lose you lose the puck uh, the Don says, with all these concerns, the Oilers are in last place and radio personnel keep applauding the coaching. Why? And is there any truth to Taylor Hall not being liked in the dressing room? Okay. Well, the second one's soap opera stuff, so I'm not going to get into that. Uh, Don, I assume you mean me as radio personnel. You can just go ahead and ask me a question if you want, Don. I think Todd McClellan's a good coach. Uh, I, I, th- I mean, I, I think the practices are have a good tempo to them. I see them clearly working on things and then a lot of times attempting those things in games. Clearly the last three games aren't a great example. Um, I know the players, the, the look, players never publicly diss their coach, um, but I've certainly been around the team enough and heard enough things that these compliments seem a lot more genuine than they might have been with previous coaches. Um, the record isn't good. They're in last place. I, I guess if you're convinced that that's Todd McClellan's fault, then you have to be equally convinced that it's Mike Babcock's fault that the Toronto Maple Leafs have the same number of points as the Oilers. Don, that's the only answer I can give you. I believe Todd McClellan is a good coach, and I've seen proof of it with my own two eyes. I think we're, it's a little too early to be bringing out the pitchforks for this coach, given his track record. We have Murray and Tony on the line. You are up first after the 6.30 news. You can also text 6.30, Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 6.34. In the NHL tonight, Red Wings leading the Senators 1-0 late in the second period. Rangers up 1-0 on the Penguins in the first. Canucks and Coyotes a little bit later on. The Toronto Raptors lead Minnesota 25-22, two and a half minutes left in the first quarter. Going to get to Tony on the line in 20 seconds. Quickly some texts. Uh, This texter says... It is from Fenn. The Oilers don't hit at all. They play like a bunch of sissies. Time to trade Hall and Everly and rebuild from there. Uh, Greg says, it's hard to lead the league in scoring. If you can't get out of your own end, you build from the back end out. The Oilers don't have good enough D to get the puck up to our forwards. Our pathetic defense is the root of the Oilers' problems. I'll talk more about that, Greg. I mean, that's a, that's a perfectly fair point. I just don't want to let the lack of forechecking off the hook here. And Mike says, if Babcock coached Switzerland in the Olympics, they still wouldn't win a medal. It is not coaching. we got Tony on the line, 780-496-0063. Hello, Tony. Hi, Reed. How are you? Doing great. Hey, I'm calling about Don's question. Can you repeat that, what he said, Don? Uh, yes. The broadcasters. Uh, oh, he said we are in last place and radio personnel keep applauding the coaching. Why? Okay, you know why? You just relax because he's not talking about you. He's talking about Mr. Stauffer in the afternoon. And so, so that's all I want to tell you, so don't worry about that. And I actually called him this afternoon. And your show's a lot better. I tell you, you guys got more spunk, you know, and uh, like he's the best cheerleader I've ever seen for this team. Even when Horkoff got paid $6 million, he wasn't really saying much, you know. 
Like he's a good company man, and he's a good yes man. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. Well, let's. Yeah. Look. <laughs> no, he got upset at me today because you know I was talking about trading um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yeah. And uh, Yakupov. And he got all upset. Well, it could happen. Oh yeah, because like the Nugent Hopkins, he's a good kid. You know, I like him. He's good Canadian, quiet, respectful. But he's built like a parking meter with teeth. You know, he's not very big. And uh, you know, one thing about this team, let me just say this: there's too much movement. Like it's all unorganized. You can see there's no plan, and they have totally no leadership. They're moving wingers around to accommodate a center. See, they got it backwards. They should be just looking for. They they say they are strong up in the middle. No, they're not. They have to get centers to complement the wingers that they already have. We already know that. And that, like, see, the stuff like that disrupts this team. So there's no familiarity. Like, you know, the guys don't know each other. Well, they don't have a third-line center. And I, I, I did a show on that earlier in the season that I, they don't really have a third line. Um, like, Letestu, like, and, and look, and I like Mark Letestu a lot, and he can fill in higher in the lineup. But he's been on the power play, what, 50 of the 55 games? He should be your 12th guy on the power play, right? He moves in when you have to. Well, let me just put – sort of cut you off. Let me put it this way. They're talking about trading this winger, that winger, whatever. They, these wingers need a centerman that they can play with. They're going about it the wrong way. They're juggling – of the nine chess pieces, if you're looking down that three lines, they're juggling six pieces. They should just juggle three right in the middle, the centers, to accommodate everyone else to have a nice flow. They're going about it the wrong way. So if okay, but if Nugent Hopkins, okay, so hypothetically though, if Leon Nugent Hopkins and McDavid were all healthy at the same time, what's your what's your suggestion then, Tony? Did you say dry settle? Yes. Oh God, no. No, he's good. That that kid's real good. I'm just talking about no, no. Nugent Hopkins. No, okay, but I'm Tony. Sorry, my question is: if dry settle Nugent Hopkins and McDavid are all healthy, how, what right. do your lines look like? Or are you saying uh, well, you don't? I can tell you right now what they look like. They won't look like with Nugent Hopkins because he'd be gone. I'll okay. trade him right off the bat. Okay, sorry. So that's what you're saying. Well, he he, he, saying, yeah. he could be traded. I mean, he's hurt right now. Well, he's a good kid, a good Canadian kid. You know, he doesn't grumble. Doesn't I, I like that? But you know what? Either this team needs some real good centermen, or we need a big left winger who's tough and and a defenseman who's tough. That's what we're missing. Two big guys. Well, they're probably missing more than that. But they're right. They're, but you know, you got to start somewhere. Right. And they they are missing. I mean, they they are missing a lot of consistency up front. Um, I mean, Benoit Pouliot, perfect example. How many how many really good games has he played this year? You know, he can do it. Yeah. Well, I guess the coach is going to have to start benching guys, basically, and just you know, healthy scratches, and you start from there. And if it gets worse, well, we we all know what happens after that. Tony, thanks but for calling. You bet. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Uh, this texture says, uh, hey, Reed, you have the same man crush as Bob does on Taylor Hall. Hall would be the first. Did I, did I even talk about Taylor Hall in the first half hour of the show? <laughs> I think Taylor Hall is a very good player. I, I actually do think that. Um, I, I know some people don't. Uh, this texture says he can't skate. He spends as much time cleaning snow on, off the ice as the Zamboni. The last game against New Jersey, he was knocked off his feet four times on a single shift. Um, talk about the power play. Keep Hall off of it and put out playmakers who can actually handle the puck. He can't stick handle and is useless if not on the rush or if someone can pass to him. Uh, if you want to challenge these comments, replay the whole year's worth of games and prove me wrong. 
Uh, with the amount of tire pumping you, Bob, and Brendan do, we might even get a decent D-man and uh, save a ton in fixing holes in socks with him gone. All right. Uh, you know what? Again, if you want to, if you want to talk to me, that's fine. If you want to talk to Bob and Brendan, talk to them. I, I, I just think to, to that texture, I, you know, some of the stuff you say about Hall is 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 valid. He's he's not a perfect player, but I, I think sometimes with with these players, some of you get locked in on their deficiencies and don't recognize what they do well. So I I, I just I just want people to remember that. I mean. Okay, you know, sometimes Taylor Hall gets knocked down. You're right. You're you're right. He does. Is he uh does he have great playmaking skill? No, I think he's a, a decent passer. I think he can still make stuff happen. So and look, I, I don't really think anybody on the team is untradeable except for McDavid. Like if Shirelli traded McDavid, I would be like, "Okay, that's that's actually insane. Like that shouldn't happen." So I mean, I'm, my argument isn't never get rid of guys or or never change anything because I think the team needs a lot of changes. I'm just saying, if you want to objectively evaluate a player, objectively evaluate him with me. Don't just say I decided at some point that this player pisses me off. So anytime another fan or a radio host compliments him, I'm going to pull out the list of things that I keep during the game that the player did wrong and point them out. Because you can all, you, I mean, you can also point out a lot of things Taylor Hall did well this year. So that that's that's all I'm saying. And I mean, keep the man crush BS. I mean, whatever. I mean, some players saying good things about a player is me giving my opinion about the player. Keep the the man crush stuff. Like I said the other night, think before you text. We got John on the line seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Hey, John. Reed, how you doing? Doing very well. Right on. Hey, Tony, entertaining as he is, kind of lost a lot of credibility today. He hasn't even watched the game all year. He said on Bob's show today he just listens. But okay. Nor there. I missed the um, last hour of Bob's show. Yeah, it was right. Those callers were out of control. Um, back to Hall there. You know, he's not doing himself any favors yelling at the refs every time he gets a call. He's not getting the calls on him. But, God, you got to love the way the guy plays. He's driving this team right now. Um, <clears throat> my thoughts on Schultz, I think, um, who was it, Craig, or Chris, Craig Simpson laid it out perfectly today. The guy has had everything handed to him since day one, his drive. and I, mean, you, I like to sit here and hypothesize about the, uh, the personalities and whatnot, and I know I have no clue what I'm talking about half the time, but it's fun regardless. But um, What are your thoughts on what, where it's gone wrong with Schultz this whole time? What's the whole whole path for him where's it gone wrong yeah I, I i think several things i just don't know if he i mean you just you just watch him play he doesn't seem to handle adversity very well you know like you can just kind of see the the body language and him getting lost on the ice so maybe he's just not a highly competitive guy i mean i, I always try to not to talk about the players that way too much because i don't really know them personally but just from how you see him handle problems on the ice and things like that, you know, you wonder if he just gets maybe flustered a little easy, uh, a little easier than others. I think probably, I, and I think for a lot of the Oilers too, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have been in the NHL, but they probably had too much responsibility too soon, right? Mm-hmm. And weren't sheltered. 
certainly the McTavish comments didn't help him with the fans, right? And I just, I also personally, I think, John, I know there are a lot of good NCAA defensemen in the NHL. I'd sooner have a guy out of the CHL. Agreed. Why? I mean, it's if you think about it this way, Lumir Wisniewski, the number, the last good defenseman we had, top two defenseman, legit. He was good, yeah. You get all these, you get all these first round, first overall draft picks. Who are you going to trade out of that? You're not going to trade any one of those guys. You have to develop and draft your defensemen. We're not. You have to wait for these guys to come up to be able to trade for anything. I mean, it's for people to sit here and say, "Well, we don't have a top few defense. We need to do this and do that." I mean, it's we just have to have patience as a fan base here and just. I know it's been. We're in 30th place again. We're also in the Western Conference. I mean, it's a way tougher conference in the East, if you ask me. And you know, I just think. McClendon's on the right track. We just got to be patient here and see what happens. John, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Thanks. All right. I uh, got three guys on hold here. I'm going to bring in Bernie right now. Bernie, Brian, and then Mike is the order. Hey, Bernie, what's going on? How's it going? I'm doing well. Uh, I don't know how you deal with these callers. I was listening to Bob's show, and I'm not sure if it was that Tony guy, but somebody asked, actually suggested trading Everly or Yakupov for Jimmy Howard. Why would you do that? Exactly. I actually and think Bob, I don't think I think Talbot's been fine. Talbot's been great, and he wanted Howard as a backup and stopped. Well, that's like, well, that's he, not going to happen. Like, he's like a five point five million dollars. Yeah, that's not real. Like, yeah, okay. Like, and then Tony with oh, we got to build around the wingers and stuff. Like wingers are a dime a dozen. It's good centermen that are impossible to come by. And if you could trade Hopkins and get a great defenseman, I would do that. But I'm not just trading Hopkins for nothing. The kid's a legitimate third-line center, and he might even be a legitimate second-line center. Well, yeah, I, you're you're right. I mean, you can't you can't give these guys away. Obviously, their contracts are gonna are gonna figure into things. Um, and I just wonder. I, I said this on overtime open line last night, Bernie. I also wonder if there might be a forward-for-forward exchange that the Oilers might do, right? Yes. And and I always use Eberle as an example. Some team is going to be eliminated from the playoffs because they're going to lose in six games and score eight goals, right? Yep. And they're going to be like, man, our our top nine is like eight grinders. We need another sniper. I I mean, what if, hypothetically, Hypothetically, this is not a rumor. I'm just throwing it out there. What if you lost Jordan Eberle and you brought in a guy like Troy Brower? You're going to get 20 less points, but you might spend that much time in the other team's zone and have a harder guy on the boards. You might prevent 20 goals. Oh, I would kill for a Troy Brower on this team. So yeah. that's what I mean. Maybe there's a – and he's. I think he's a UFA, which keep that in mind. Which would, um, yeah, would he be yeah. – I don't know if he'd be interested here because I think he's going to be 31 uh, later this year. But that that that's my that's another argument I make too. I I I think we're so caught up in the it has to be a forward for a D. It has to be a forward for a D. I'm like, what if it's a forward for a different type of forward that's complementary in a different way? Yeah, no, I I I think everybody's been saying for years we have too many of the same type of player. Like we don't we don't have that hard to play like just somebody that drives you insane get to the front of the net keep pucks alive you know be hard on your stick all that kind of stuff that's what they need a couple of those guys around the net and that could change quite a bit in the offensive zone 
Yeah, and I and like and the way Zach Cassian's playing, I love this like this guy. I love him. We'll I sign him. We'll see what happens with him. He didn't play a lot last night. I think he's still on a bit of an audition, but he's shown flashes. Bernie, thanks for listening and thanks for calling. Thank you. All right, Brian and Mike, you're up next, but I got to do a timeout. Inside Sports on Ched. You're listening to 6:30 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right. 651. Thanks for tuning in. Inside Sports presented by AMA. Be listening tomorrow. Oilers up against Babcock and the Leafs. Pre-game at 530. Puck drop at 7. AMA safety and savings for your family. I'm going to get to Brian and Mike on the phone lines. Got some really spirited text messages that I want to read either before the 7 o'clock news or just after from from some uh, female listeners. Actually got uh, a few texts from uh, ladies tonight, which is which is nice. I don't know. But maybe, maybe what we do, we single guys listening, text in, we'll all get together. We'll invite this all the single lady listeners of Inside Sports. Go meet for nachos somewhere. What do you say, guys? Hey? Go we'll just go to Brewster's or something, get some nachos, get you know, get a big pitcher, just just talk sports and stuff. It's great. I'm sure Brian would be down for that. Hey Brian, what's going on? I'm totally down for that. <laughs> uh, how you feeling about the team, man? You know what? Personally, am, okay, am I happy with the position that they're in right now? No, I'm not. But, I, I mean, I, then I wouldn't be a fan, would I? Right. But, you know, uh, unlike past years where they've been in the same position, we've seen a progression this year. We, we have seen improvement in areas – where in in the past there hasn't been improvement. Uh, you know, I think the forwards have gotten have, have gotten better. Uh, I think Shirelli has done uh, a good job bringing in some bodies, and he's going to continue. It's only his first year. Uh, we, we've gotten better in the goalies. Yeah, everybody's right. We need help on the defensive side of things, but Rome wasn't built in a day, and we have. But nine, ten years of past, dare I say, mismanagement, that has to be torn down. Well, I th- so, sorry, Brian. No, so, so I, I think, I, I, you know, and it's probably been an overused word, but patience, people. There has been a progression this year. Uh, you know, look how many one-goal games they've lost. Probably more than they've lost any of the other previous years. They're close. Uh, you know, other than the last two blowouts, how many games have they gotten blown out? They haven't. So they've been there. They've, you know, so, uh, you know, I, I think the progression is there. As far as the center position goes, uh, you know, yeah, I like Hopkins, too. I like Drysaddle, definitely. And, and McDavid, well, hey, that's a no-brainer. Well, but, yeah, he's... <laughs> But the, the one the one question that I would pose to ask is there were certain aspects of Hall's game that kind of reminds me of Mark Messier. And and it, as as stupid as it's going to sound, I'll probably hear the wrath on uh, on air later after <laughs> I hang up. I, I was not a biggest the biggest Mark Messier fan. But the one thing that he himself admitted was the best thing that they ever did to him was switch his position. 
why couldn't they try Hall at center? I don't know. I mean, that, that used to be discussed a little bit. Um, it hasn't been lately because now they got Leon and, and then they won the lottery for McDavid. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if that was ever discussed. Um, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. I don't know. I, I, that's, that's an interesting speculation. I, I mean, the only, the only thing really missing, I think, to Hall's game is a little bit of a, a nasty streak. You know, he doesn't seem to have that. But, you know, I definitely think he's got leadership qualities. He's, he's proven that. You know, I mean, when McDavid was down, he took a lot on his back. And I, got, I have to agree with you wholeheartedly that, yeah, a lot of these players probably did have a lot of pressure more than was justified for them coming into the league at such young ages. I think so, and I think that's why if they're going to add guys, hopefully they can be between the ages of 26 and 30, right? They definitely need some, some, some veteran leadership qualities, and uh, you know they definitely have that with, again, some of the acquisitions that Shirelli's brought in. That, that's all I wanted to say, Reed. Keep up the great work, and uh, I know you've got people waiting still. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you calling. I, I, I will say this, too, and, and look, hi, hindsight is, is twenty twenty. I think with Shirelli, too, he doesn't really have any any loyalty or, or ties to any of the players. I, I think, you know, probably with McTavish and Tambellini to some extent, there was the feeling that, well, we drafted these guys, we had painful seasons to get them first overall or really high in the first round, so it has to be these guys. It has to be these guys that turn it around. And I can understand how you could fall into that, quite frankly. Um I don't think Shirelli feels that way. I think he just wants the best Oilers team, and if he has to part with guys that other people drafted, he'd probably be willing to do that, and that's why the next few months are going to be really interesting because he may part with guys who had been associated with the quote-unquote rebuild, and you guys know I hate that term. All right, Mike, please stay on the phone because I am still going to bring you in, get to a couple text messages as well, and Leafs play-by-play voice Joe Bowen all coming up in the next hour.